so thankful that you're in the house of the Lord today. I'm so thankful he's in the house. It's great to know Jesus will meet us here. Amen, amen. This past Wednesday, I was here and did a Bible study and failed to mention, but it was Sister Granny Foster's 95th birthday on Wednesday. We honor this grand lady. She was here when the church would have fit on the platform at Anastasia and Sedonia Street. She's been through four moves and she's still faithful to the house of the Lord. Amen. We thank God for her. She's probably considered our oldest member and with all due respect, but, and we welcome Hadley Ann Gore, our newest member here at the sanctuary. There she is. From generation to generation. Amen. Amen. What a difference Jesus makes in our lives. Praise God. Back on the corner of Orange and Franklin Streets in Pena, Illinois, sat a little church that comfortably sat 120 people. That little building had a lot of good memories for me. It's torn down now, just a little, little empty lot there. But at that altar, to the left of the pulpit, is where I repented of my sins. That cinder block, cold water baptismal tank is where I was baptized in Jesus' name and all my sins were washed away. And it was about the same place that I repented, just left of the pulpit, at that altar, I received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Do you know how I know I received the Holy Ghost? The same way the apostles knew. The same way the believers in the book of Acts knew. The same way those in the Topeka, Kansas revival knew. The same way those on Azusa Street knew. The same way my great-grandpa knew. The same way my grandpa knew. The same way my dad knew. The same way my son knew. I spake in tongues as a spirit gave utterance. That's how I knew I got the Holy Ghost. Oh, this new birth experience is for everybody. It will change you from the inside out. It will fill you and thrill you. It will lift you and sustain you. It will break every chain and set you free. Is there anybody in the house that's thankful that you have been born again of the water and of the Spirit? Not some superficial sign a church membership book or shake some preacher's hand or attend a service every once in a while. No, this is something that gets way down on the inside of you. And it makes you walk right. It makes you talk right. It makes you give right. It makes you live right. It changes everything. This is what was prophesied in the book of Joel that they encountered in the book of Acts that happened on the corner of Orange and Franklin streets of the 80s and that is still being outpoured at the sanctuary in the 2020s. I'm talking about the outpouring of the Holy Ghost. That's an encounter of the Almighty God. 
So back to my story concerning this little church on Orange and Franklin Streets. We had something called testimony service. And yes, we heard inspiring testimonies. But sometimes we heard the gossip of the week. Other times the bragathons. And still, and still others how the devil's getting the victory in their life. But there was one particular lady. She sat on the second row, just left of the pulpit for decades. She had good times in her life. She had some very dark times in her life. She had ups and she had downs. Oh, but she was faithful. Second row to the left of the pulpit. Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, Thursday night. And yes, revival services and prayer meetings. This particular faithful lady had six kids that were not always the easiest to handle. But come what may, when those doors were unlocked at church, she marched up that little aisle and sat on the second row, just to the left of the pulpit. If I remember right, we usually had testimony service on Sunday night and Wednesday night. It may have been Thursday night, but I don't remember. And the faithful lady on the second row, just left of the pulpit, seemed to testify in every testimony service. So maybe twice a week, 52 weeks a year, for decades. During that time, I, I know there were deep, dark valleys. During those hundreds and hundreds of church services, well, it would have been easier after dragging six kids to church just to sit there sometimes. And it really would have been much easier since she was there to just sit there during testimony service. And a person here and there would stand and testify across that little congregation. And she would listen. And she'd nod her head in agreement. She'd amen them at times and she'd lift her hand and thank the Lord with them. There were times I just know she would sit there. It would have been just easier to sit there, tired from the day, tired from wrestling kids. Maybe she had a little bit of an intimidation factor, you know, how we get thinking where people are probably tired of hearing me talk. I'm just, I'm not going to stand up this time. And she would sit there. She'd try to wait. She let others testify. She's going to give them the chance there. There would come a little lull. Nobody was standing up to testify. And the testimony service leader, that's who we called it, would come up and say, they'd give their testimony. Say, Does anybody else have a testimony in the church today? And that person would say, is there anyone else? The lady on the second row, just to the left of the pulpit, she, she tried to be good. She tried to sit there. 
she wasn't going to stand up this time. She was just going to keep her mouth shut. Let's, let's move on with service. But the testimony service leader didn't just vacate the pulpit. They just didn't shut it down and move on to the special song. So maybe it was kind of their fault. Because they chided a little bit and they said, is there anyone else? And the lady on the second row just left of the pulpit. She would stand up, pull herself up from the back of that pew, rest her hands on that pew, and she'd start bouncing her right hand. And she would start out like this. I'm thankful to the Lord tonight. Every testimony. Bouncing that hand. I'm thankful to the Lord tonight. Then she would quickly tell of a situation that happened. A situation that may not have been all that pleasant. Or even a situation that was scary. Or a circumstance that had transpired that was pretty hopeless. Maybe a sickness, a a bill that was due, an encounter with someone. And as her hand bounced, as she recounted the story, and her voice started to get a little louder, and her big old hairdo started weaving, she would tell of the situation. And then all of a sudden, that hand would shoot up with that index finger, and she would say, But I have a God. Ladies and gentlemen, game changer when you have a God. Whatever the circumstance is, when it ran face to face with her God, it was no match for it. It may have been we were all in the van. And all the kids were fighting in the back. And it was an icy road. And I didn't know what to do. And we started sliding for the ditch. And I started saying the name Jesus. But I have a God. And that van straightened up. Or maybe I don't know. I didn't know what to do. His fever was high. And I couldn't get all the kids out of bed in the middle of the night. But I have a God is what she would say. It did not matter the situation she talked about between the I'm thankful to the Lord tonight before her head was bobbing and she shot up with, but I have a God. I simply want to remind everybody in this place, you have a God. That understanding makes all the difference in the world. No weapon formed against thee shall prosper. Why? Because I have a God. You may not know the weapon it's referring to. Moot point. When it runs face to face with my God, everything has to bow to that. When I say I have a God, I'm not saying, yeah, I know a guy or I know a plumber or I know this individual. The God I know stood on the existence of nothing and called everything into existence. Galaxies were formed by God telling them to come into existence. Abraham and Sarah in their old age. The promise was impossible. All hope was gone. But Sarah's testimony may have been something like this. 
I'm thankful to the Lord tonight. As you all know, my husband Abraham and I are elderly. We thought we heard from God. We thought we were going to have a promised child. But we never had that child. And life went on. The natural progression took its toll on our physical bodies. To put it bluntly, there was absolutely no hope. No way of that promise ever being fulfilled. But then I can see Sarah's head start bobbing a little bit. And I can see her hand getting bouncing a little bit more. And then all of a sudden her fingers shot up and she said, but I have a God and we're going to name him Isaac when he's born. I can see Moses dragging himself to church. He had millions of kids in that wilderness staggering uh, to, his, to his feet. The old man said, I'm thankful to the Lord tonight. The people were thirsty and rightly so. We'd been traveling. It was dusty and dirty and we were try tired. We finally found some water but one sip and the complaints got worse because the water was undrinkable. It was a hopeless situation. It was a dire situation. We were desperate, but I could see Moses say, but I have a God. And he told me, take some branches and throw it in. And it was the cleanest water. There's Joshua. He's sitting back there in a pew. He looked a little disheveled. It was a testimony time and he stands up. I'm thankful to the Lord tonight. Oh, those walls were thick. Those walls were strong. We didn't have weapons of war to destroy those walls. It was supposed to be a great victory, but looking up at that insurmountable problem only brought discouragement. No way. Then people mocking and making fun of us. It only felt like we were more and more defeated. It seemed like the situation was hopeless, but all of a sudden, but I have a God, and we just kept marching and believing and shouting and tore those walls down. Another one saying, I'm thankful to the Lord tonight. She may have said something like this. Oh, it was terrible situation. My husband had passed away. Me and my two sons could not help, could not keep up with the bills. The, the debt collectors were calling. They were coming to get my boys and put them to hard labor until the debt was paid. Everything was lost. Everything was dark. Everything was impossible. I tried to listen. I tried to do right. Not just a house. So I got a house full of pitchers and bowls and vases and nothing still added up. It didn't make much sense, but I could see her shoot that little bony finger in the air and say, but I have a God. And when I started pouring out what I had, everything in the house began to be full of oil. Can you imagine the three Hebrew boys as they were during testimony service? I can imagine all of them jumping up at the same time. We're thankful to the Lord tonight. We were face to face with a deranged, angry, powerful king. There was no escaping. Flames and heat billowing out of that pit. We were flying through the air and would soon be burned up. But we have a God and he didn't come just in time but he came just in time and was in that fire with us. We weren't harmed. We weren't burned. Nothing like that. Can you imagine Daniel's when he came to testimony service about God shutting the lion's den? How about Jonah who said I ran from God. I was a preacher running and running to get far away from my calling as I possibly could and ended up in a hopeless and a terrible situation. But he 
could see, I could see his hands shoot up and say, but I have a God. And let me tell you about the revival in Nineveh where everybody repented and turned back to God. You have to understand something. It does not matter your circumstance. You just can never forget that you have a God in that circumstance. Imagine the guy standing all scarred, his body a mess. Sir, do you have a testimony? I'm thankful to the Lord tonight. I was a lost cause. That's all I was. No one knew what to do with me. They chained me up. They kicked me out of town. They would run from me. I was tormented day and night. There was no medication. There was no therapy that would help. There was no program, program that could remotely fix me in any way. That was it. A lonely, tormented, isolated, traumatized existence. But then I can hear him come from the deep down on inside of him and say, but I have a God. And I stand here clothed and in my right mind. He came to Gadara and he rescued me. Ten guys diagnosed with the incurable disease of leprosy. No hope. But they have a God. 38 years people had to carry this man. 38 years they had to support him. 38 years he could do very little for himself. But he had a God. I had this hand that was all withered up. And I wouldn't show anybody. I just kept it in my coat. But one day I came to the church. And I have a God. The disciples in the sea with the storm that was there. They had a God. Can I say something to everybody in this house? I know. I know there are circumstances. I know there are tired. There are terrible things in people's lives. I know there are scary circumstances and issues that can pass you all about. But I beg you not to forget this statement. You have a God who can stand in the midst of every circumstance. I want you to remember back to those circumstances. Those situations, that sickness, that trouble you were in. And remember all of those I have a God testimonies. I might say something like this. I'm thankful to the Lord tonight. Some time ago, my lower back was just giving me problems. Not overly painful, just annoying. Just slowing me down and not allowing me to do what I, everything I wanted to do. I was laying there one night. I was just aggravated. And I said, God, you can fix this. And in the midst of the annoying and hurting pain, I heard God say like this. And something popped in my back. And I was completely healed in that bedroom. Why is that? Because I have a God. Sister Tanya, your testimony may be something like this. I'm thankful to the Lord tonight. I was diagnosed with a dangerous blood clot in my head. It was from my neck all the way across the top of my head. 
doctor after doctor and medicine and test and years of try this and try that. The medical field still confused, still helpless, me in utter hopelessness. But I could see her point her finger in the air and say, but I have a God. The last time she went, they have no idea but the the blood clot is completely gone. There's no medical explanation, but I know the explanation. I have a God. Sister Kelly Middleton, I saw your post 40 years ago, thrown out of a vehicle in a horrible car accident. She survived that accident, but they said, oh, you're going to have back trouble. You're going to have all kinds of trouble all throughout your life. But I could see Sister Kelly pointing that finger straight up in the air and say, that's what they said. But let me tell you, I have a God. God completely healed when no one else could. You who had cancer. And the doctor said, we'll try this and we'll try that. We're not sure how well it will work, but I have a God. And the tests have come back again and again and again that there are no cancer cells there. Don't forget those times the bills were piling up. Don't forget those times those sicknesses ravished your body. Don't forget those times where it seemed like there was hope, no hope and you were a helpless situation. I want you to always remember, but you have a God in every one of those situations and every one of those circumstances. And can I testify one more time? I'm thankful to the Lord tonight. I was helpless. There was no need to go to the doctor or the counselor or the banker or the coach or the police or the military for this problem. You see, I was bound in sin because all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. There was no medicine. There was no payment. There was no power. There was no negotiation that I could do to help my cause. But I stand here today and say, but I have a God. Jesus came and paid my debt, opened the prison doors and set me free. And not just free, he has set me free indeed. And he's not just not brought me from death to life, he has brought me to abundant life. He did not change me, he made me a new creation in him. I am thankful that I have a God that brought me out of darkness into his life. Can you stand to your feet and thank him? Yes! So simple, but so powerful. You have a God who can do absolutely anything. So to the faithful lady on the second row, to the left of the pulpit, who I call mom, she gave me an example and gave an example to all of us. Between the I'm thankful to the Lord tonight and when her hand would shoot up to say, but I have a God, 
Whatever is in between there is no match for the God that you serve. The diagnosis is hopeless, but I have a God. The bill collectors are calling, but I have a God. My child is far from Jesus, but I have a God. My sin is heavy, but I have a God. My addiction is destroying me, but I have a God. Sin is rampant, but I have a God. It sometimes appears evil's everywhere, but I have a God. Somebody claim it! Whatever your circumstance, whatever your situation, you run that up against the fact that you have a God. You have.